so excited. America, my name is Amiel Sefrenpong. I come to you live every Thursday about 2.33-ish. Today I'm doing a special Tuesday show because I have a very special guests. I like them. They were funny. All right, so I thought I saw one of them on my feed somewhere, and I thought she was the chick from Chicago, Southside, the show about Chicago. So I was like, oh, yeah, she looks like her. She liked one of my tweets. It was a very funny tweet. And so then I clicked on the thing, and it wasn't her. But it looked like her. And then I was like, oh, she's actually funny. So, and then there's her sister doing a thing. And I was like, these people are funny. They're funny. They're left. I like everything about what was going on here. I'm going to invite them on my show. So I did. And so now we have Courtney and Keisha. Hello. Wow. What a great intro. <laughs> yeah. you. Can, I can't be the first one who said, is you that girl from Southside? <laughs> no. Which, yeah. You, am I really the first one? You. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it's just how it is. Um, but like, so uh, when did you guys start your 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 commentary? Ooh. Um, during the pandemic, you know, it was um, we just started living together, and we're like eight years apart, and so we, you know, catching up on life and everything, and mm -hmm. we were like these we should just put these out because everybody should be talking about this. Yeah. And there just were hardly any black women. We felt like talking about any leftist politics. So <laughs> give it a we shot. can't be the only ones, I guess, but you know, there are definitely some others out there. We know that now, but we didn't know before. Yeah, they exist kind of, but the problem is there isn't money in it because it makes respectability black. And I know, you know, my audience is mostly black or they should be, they should know this. They should know what the respectability crowd wants. Um, and they are scared of the left, you know, all of the older black people and hats and pearls. And they're like, Keisha Courtney, you can't talk like that on the internet because you won't get a job. You'll never find, what about your kids? Are you, are you too worried about the respectability of black people? Are they scared as black people in the history of black people? And But they all survived <laughs> because all the other ones got taken out and died broke. Like mm -hmm. King and all, like watch out for any black people over eighty-five who still made it, <laughs> because right? they did not make it by being brave, people. So, um, so, so, yeah. So that's just why you don't find too many, you know, young, upwardly mobile black women doing left commentary because they're worried about it screwing up their job prospects. Yeah, I don't know how upwardly, upwardly mobile we are, but <laughs> we're ruining, we're planning on ruining all of the job prospects. So pretty yeah. much, yeah. I we mean, kind of have to stick to this path. We have to double and triple down now because <laughs> I, I am a SAG actress. I don't think that that's going to, the things I've said about Kamala Harris, and I don't think it's going to work out. Like, yeah. oh. judge, they're not going to let me in. Yeah, no, you can't get in now no. because now they're scared of losing their check. And I, you know, I, 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 I let me just say this, and then I'm going to get you, uh, your opinion about it. A lot of times, you'll talk to black people who seem to be down and seem to get it, but their tie, their money is tied up in not getting it <laughs> and pretending not to get it. So it's like, I see your mouth moving, but since it's not tied to any money. Are you really talking? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. they're speaking on behalf of someone. Maybe it's not us, though. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So they're making money. What's up? I feel like they're making money from their mouths moving. You know, it's mm -hmm. there's definitely been a huge benefit in people saying all of the right things. 
You know, that's <laughs> definitely benefited a lot of people, but don't act on it. Because once you know, you start making demands, then they're like, that's too far. No, 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 yeah. that, that, that's no, that's not what you're here. You're here to make us comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, you have uh, so and I was thinking, you know, a lot of white money, a lot of black money is tied to, you know, making white people comfortable and who can do that, you know, very well and artfully. Um, this is why I'm very impressed with like Donald Glover's Atlanta, because he actually he somehow still gets paid. But I don't see that as like I don't I don't see as well, him as necessarily. What do you think? Have you seen it? Started, is, yeah, because he started on community, I think. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I think that that like him and also like a nerd first. I think that that really ingratiated him uh -huh. to the whites, and they were like, "We're gonna stick with him." And you have to, uh, and. <laughs> especially yeah. a man so like there's in a black nerd that's like a perfect like they're like i'm nerd. down for that no problem so i yeah. think like he definitely like did his put in his due and then he was like okay now i can do whatever i want yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so plus also i think like the the cult like the zeitgeist has also like moved with it so i feel like white people are like i'm ready for some edge i can handle it they and think they can he's handle giving it, it yeah. too yeah. yeah yeah he's getting he's goes as edgy as he can go i guess yeah yeah so so that's gonna be that's gonna be a limit to what because like every negro you see on msnbc is saying none of them sound like us but like we're not actually out we're not that far out there we're just not fit for public consumption i don't know what the deal like how many how many jonathan k parts and and don lemons how many like little gay mm -hmm. black dudes do you need like given like nice like you know clinton-esque politics like in this world how many you got jason johnson too. but they're all kind of the same yeah all, <laughs> yeah different, different versions of the same person yeah i just don't i don't think people are ready yet i think you know they're like look it's only been uh what two years since this george floyd thing happened and we had to like you know really get behind you know letting black people do stuff so i just think it's not <laughs> time yet <laughs> we're only gonna have like five years total but then it takes a couple years then that you get used to it and then we'll have our comeuppance and then that's it. Then they'll throw mm -hmm. us away again. <laughs> These Negroes gotta go. Yeah, you, you, yeah. your time's running out. We gave you your time. You made a little money next to You got June. Can someone bring in the Indians? We like them. They were brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. They're more quiet, you know? Bring them in. <laughs> Blacks are mouthy. I didn't know. I thought, um, so, you're so do you create content are you guys writing stuff or what's going on we do like a bunch of different things um okay. we well because i mean we were you know we moved in with our parents um during covid so okay. we were living in los angeles we had to move home and mm -hmm. i was like i'm sure i was very depressed I was, <laughs> and so we um yeah. and so we um were stuck inside a lot and mm -hmm. our mom is crazy about Christmas decorations. And so she, we set up this village, a snow village, a Christmas village. Yeah. And so then she ended up letting us keep it open like or up for like a year and a half. And we were doing like little stop motions with it. So we've got stop motion that we do. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And we're, so it's called Tiny Anxieties. And it's all, it's all based around uh, whether or not meritocracy exists, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's based Socialist around- propaganda like, stop it's, it, got, it got pretty dark in the Banks household. <laughs> it has a time. Well, our parents need to learn some lessons and we thought this might be a good way to teach it to them you know the hard lessons of life and you know when when it doesn't work out so 
Huh. Well, you didn't, you know, you in LA with all that black money, right? So I, I apparently there's a lot of black money. I saw, was it the Hills with, um, and Baldwin Hills. Isn't there just all of this black money in LA? Mm -hmm. Isn't that mm -hmm. right? Um, wow. I'm going to tell you, I lived wow. in a pretty nice area. I lived in like West Hollywood, Laurel Canyon yeah. area. Yeah, there was one Negro there. I was the only black person. I mean, I would like spot a black, I'd be like, oh my God. Oh my God, what? Like, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, I only, I very rarely saw black people. No. Having any money or having any fun. Even in Baldwin Hills, I had a friend who lived in Baldwin Hills, but she was a white yoga teacher. So, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I laugh because I grew up in Baldwin Hills. My mom was a single, was a nurse, right? Oh, yeah. um, I went to, I, I moved out right before yeah. high school. But yeah, and so it's not like if that's where black money is, there's no real black money. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, because if that's where, like, yeah. wow, that's where all the black money is. Nope. I mean, nope. LA is LA is just so full of, God, how would you even, just just black people who will do absolutely anything to get to the top. Yeah. So that I think hurts a lot of our chances for any kind of like building something together, creating a new black Wall Street, this and that. I think um, LA is a tough place because people are just trying to get their money. Right. <laughs> but even with what you were saying before, like, I mean, we've got to be, you know, it's black people who are, are like ripe for white white consumption. Mm -hmm. And we see constantly, I mean, it, it's crazy to me. Like I, I used to do stand-up comedy in LA for a few years and like people that I know now, being on SNL that used to just like throw yes. down, like just be dirty and like say all this stuff and be real. And now they're, you know, wearing wigs and do it. It's, it's, and you, but you have to sell your soul basically to make mm -hmm. the money. And it's, it's very interesting, especially with like being, being a black woman, I was really trying to come at it from a different way. And I think that people didn't know how to take that in because they do oftentimes just want you to be a clown. I mean, they want you to dance, they want you to do this thing. And and so it is interesting, like you think people, so many smart people, so many interesting people that could make a difference, but they're ready to sell that out for yeah. what they need. And we'll just never get ahead. But it's also like, can you fault people because how else are black people supposed to make money? It, it's, they, yeah. you know, it, you kind of have to play the game in order then to kind of like Richard Pryor, where he started out very clean. And then he was like, okay, screw that. I'm doing something different or like, yeah. you know, I think you do have to play the game, but it, it really feeds into a lot of really terrible stereotypes that mm -hmm, I don't know how we get out of, but yeah, making more Atlantas is one thing. Gosh, I mean, I don't know. How to what about production? So have you guys been on sets? Um, yeah, I've been on some sets. All right, so are there black people behind the camera? Not the sets that I've been on. <laughs> no, no. Not that I've not that I've seen. No, I've always like white directors. but my more commercial stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like maybe craft services? <laughs> Can we get crafts? How about crafts? Yes, Can we yeah. maybe? I no even, no, even, no unless, unless it's like a soul. We can't set up a cheese plate. I just want to. I want a job setting up a cheese plate on like one of the Law and Orders. Can I get that? Is that Ooh. too much? Can can you get a Negro doing that? Or like, I have a friend who works on NCIS LA with that. He's white, but maybe he could help us out. I don't. Issa Rae though, she did have mm. a lot of black people working on her set. Like she, she has that. So in the back, yeah, in the, like mm -hmm. behind the camera. Oh well, that's yeah. actually that's not nothing.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty, that's yeah, pretty mean, dope. She's, she truly seems to really help people. Yeah, and we were talking about Larry Wilmore a little bit, I guess. You know, so there are some people in the in the background, at least in the writer's room, maybe, but those people are very specific, like Amber Ruffin <laughs> or, you know. Right, which they is still haven't always gotten, definitely haven't gotten there through just like, you know what, I decided I wanted to be a set designer and I just applied and boom, I got it. Like, <laughs> no, because no, no. <laughs> how, how does one... How does one become a set designer? A great question. I was an interior <laughs> designer for many, many years and still not able to get a job as a set designer. So I don't know. It's all it's you all know. you know. Everything all you know, and then you somebody know. getting you that job and just being like, oh, come on. And I just wish that, like, as a black person, as I get older, I just wish that I, I mean, I'm sure we all have it, but like you just had to be so good at everything. When mm. I was like, when I met somebody who was lying on their resume, like a white girl, I was just like, wait. What? And she was like, yeah, I'm just going to say that I did this. And I'm like, what? You can do that? And she's like, yeah. I mean, I've still never done it because what if the person asked you to do the thing? Right. But like literally just no, no, no guilt about it. Nothing. They're like, I need this job. And it's just like, right. Like you're lying. Like, I wish I kind of, we are always carrying all of this stuff around and we almost don't take chances or, or we don't even let ourselves take chances mm-hmm. because we're like, oh, but I'm not 100% qualified. Right, yeah. People we can... are walking around doing all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely underestimate ourselves because, I mean, if you know anything about being black, it's like you're always overprepared. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just ingrained in us, basically. You know, you have to be better than the white man to even be considered. So... I mean, but then it just, we still have crazy imposter syndrome and then add to that the fact that you kind of need to know people. It's really tricky. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you, I, like I said, I grew up in LA for a lot of, up until uh, high school. And I will tell you that there is so much white stoner money because their granddad bought a house in white LA in like the 70s mm-hmm. or the 60s. So now that person's a millionaire. Their right. granddad bought a house like in white LA. Yeah. And now all that person does is like property manage or, 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 or you know what I mean? So the best way to have money in LA is to like have a white grandfather who bought a house. That's yeah. That's a good. That's not us. And then yeah. you can pursue your dreams, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then you can pursue your your, your dreams. Um, Having a white yeah. grandfather is a good idea. I mean, yeah. ours is pretty kind of white, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. What you gotta see, what you gotta do, is have a white grandparent who bought yeah. a house, bought property, and then like you're a millionaire because like you bought you buy, you buy a two thousand square foot house and and like. Even if you buy a two thousand square foot house in in hood LA, but like in non hood LA in 1970, like you're a millionaire. Yeah, like 100%. yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're, and that's just what the little like rinky dink. So yeah. you got to figure out what that means. Um, you have to be able to pay the property taxes to be able to keep it. I mean, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> well, just- uh, and if you bought it before '78, Prop 13 kind of freezes those taxes. So it's it's like. Mm-hmm. It becomes a, a a whole thing. So money in LA and just the way old money and property money um, kind of moves is bizarre. And there's just so much of it wrapped up in property and so much of it like has nothing to do with merit at all. It's just kind of like who your grandparent was like at the time. That's, that's, that makes me think of the South because like we watch a show, um, Southern oh, Charm. Yeah. And, you know, like one of the girls on this show, her 
great, great, great grandfather was like vice president or something, you know, but she kind of barely has to work and she was still able to get, um, you know, an internship in DC and mm -hmm. work, you know, just still so connected. And it's like, obviously, there's so much money, just so much money in white families. If this many yeah. people down don't have to work, like, and nobody else is asking these questions. Right. Like, everyone's just like, no, yeah, of course. Her great great grandfather had a cool job, and that's what. Like, like being vice president shouldn't enrich what? you for the rest of your days. I mean, I can almost <laughs> like well, I mean, I tell people that real money isn't necessarily what you have in your account. It's what's at your wedding. And black people, if you can't afford to get married, I mean, that tells you. Mm, what's at your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's really because like real money is because money in your account just happens to be money you're holding right now. How yeah. much money are you a phone call away from? That's the question. What kind of hookups are you a phone call away from? Yeah. And yeah. if you're not a phone call away from like real money, then like that's it's right. hard to get anything done. Yeah. I mean, you can have as many great. Trust me, I've had I've seen many of my great ideas uh, done <laughs> created so by sad. someone else. <laughs> She's like, oh, I think we should have done that. I'm like, I know yeah. we didn't have the capital to start it up. I At mean, if time, we just yeah. had like one rich relative that could just mm -hmm, throw us some. Um, yeah, we well, that rich relative is holding up a lot of people and not not taking everyone's phone calls, right? So that, that was a, that was another place I want to get to. Is there really a black middle class? Because I don't think there is. I think there's just a handful of Negroes with money, just kind of mm -hmm. sprinkled around the community, like someone's uncle or whatever. But there isn't like a class of no, black I money. We were talking about this in the car trying to think about it. Yeah, I, I don't think so. We, um, our mom was saying yes, but because she is very like professional managerial class, right. she worked for the Pentagon for 40 years. She is, <laughs> she, has a pension. she has a, yeah, but she's like one of the only ones. If 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 you're the only one in your family who makes over $100,000 a year, not, are you middle class? Like, you know, you're not, you know what I mean? Like, we have college degrees, but the most I made is like 65 K, you know, and that's working three different jobs, piecing things together. So, and that's I'm, in LA, which is like $20,000. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like 65 K in LA, unless you already own your place. That's like, right. Yeah. And I was living in DC. So the cost of living was also insane. Astronomical, I mean, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So we were thinking, no, like, no. I don't think that there is, she thinks that there is just because I think when you're in this kind of beltway area, you yeah. see people, you see black people actually, you know, Maryland, DC, you see people actually like doing well or whatever. But I do think that a lot of them end up making or either upper middle class, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah. I think we're probably some of the last middle class people. Right. And, but area. I would say, and I, and I would say it's a lot too, based on the just consistency of our family situation like okay. our parents never got divorced right our mom kept the same job for a really long time so it's really a lot mm -hmm. of luck in our case i think how, how but but you're right part of part of what keeps the middle class is like i mean you're not in the middle class if you make a hundred thousand dollars for two years and then you got to go back to making peanuts i mean that's not sustaining any middle class and i think that's probably what we're seeing is a lot of people like you know for instagram entrepreneurs or whatever you know mm -hmm. you are seeing people who are like making little bits of money like young upstarts and like yeah i'm making so much money you know with this trucking company but how sustainable is that that's not making a whole class of of, of people that are on the same level at all right we're not yeah. we have the ability to help each other either so right that we're not creating any kind of like continuous flow yeah. of money or you know well, and, well if it's only coming one for two years a decade 
then you can't like have a dues paying like serious <laughs> like you can't have that kind of longevity because you know when it hits you got to just get it and then yeah. it's going to be it might be famine because you're black you could get fired you could mouth off or something mm -hmm. or like not do that nude scene the way they want and then boom like that's it for a decade damn <laughs> and i can say like plenty i worked with this guy when i was working in la i worked at a weed place and i was the operations manager and like the other guy he was supposed to do like marketing right social media or something and he was from bel-air or some like maybe malibu something like that when his car broke down i mean he drove like a a nice car but then when his car broke down he would like bring his mom's jaguar he'd be like oh whoops yeah. you yeah. know and this guy he was supposed to go to coachella to take pictures for this company i don't know how he convinced them to get tickets to, for him he claims he doesn't have any service. He's there with his girlfriend, who's also like a kind of influencer. They have all these professional photos taken of them, puts them up on his Instagram. He said there was no service. They don't fire him because he was a rich kid and he, his dad helped get the boss his first, his, one of his jobs. And so he promoted him. And it's just like, you can't compete against the fact that they're saving these spots for each other yeah like it doesn't matter how good you do that's why i'm like ready to run my mouth now because i'm like fuck it i mean how 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 far along am i really gonna get i'm doing all the work and right. i could not even get a promotion i couldn't get a raise so and it's you know I, and these yeah. people never have any recourse and it's like is, okay you're good it's like these are like some of the inter the conversations that we would have because we're eight years apart and we have very different like career backgrounds kind of i mean um i'm and but we had the exact same experience. I was on the inter interior design side, like working in architectural sales and the exact same thing happened. It was like my boss flat out told me, sorry, this kid is the he's like the cousin or something of the original owner of the company. And, you know, he gets the best projects. And I, I said, well, OK, I guess I'm going to I had to leave the company like there was literally nothing else I could do. I couldn't get any more clients. I had to take the scraps. And if I wasn't happy with that, I had to leave. I mean, yeah. this is just, it's just a constant struggle. I mean, it's a con. And then, and so the con is if you just kind of, you know, keep your mouth shut and, and go along, maybe you'll get picked. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's one thing to be pick me in a, in a personal relationship, but you're going to pick me in a job market and pick me in a political market it's all there's too much pick me's in in black life that like we just need to get out of that game mm -hmm. yeah 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 because you're gonna get screwed over anyways so you might i would always run my mouth i was like <laughs> i don't care but that's another thing though we do have a lot we have a different kind of privilege because i think we grew up very stable but we're in a mm -hmm. predominantly white community white <laughs> girls will try to do this thing to you although you know they're like i have this much money and they just kind of like try to like almost like come at you like but with their energy so yeah. you have to come back with that you know and it's like a white girl privilege energy but i would sometimes carry that around and be like um no actually this is how i feel about this when you say how you feel white women do this a lot no people can't <laughs> invalidate your feeling how you feel right. mm -hmm. so if you say that you can kind of say whatever you want which is what <laughs> You just gotta use it back on yeah. them. Corbin, but yeah, she knows all of their all of their tricks, you know. And it's like it, it does come in handy because when you start like seeing a lot of white women doing a lot of the same things, using a lot of remember, I mean, remember that crazy TikTok that ran around with them like crying and then not crying then all of a sudden? That was insane. Like <laughs> that was loses. So it's interesting. I mean, no offense to the white women on the thing. I'm sure you're lovely, but um, I'm just saying we have to be 
you know, we have to try so much harder. And it is sometimes helpful to like use their methods or like speak in their language to get people a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, so they will comfortable with. Sometimes it. I feel like they think that they yeah. can like rickroll you. You know, they'll be able to tell you to do whatever. And and I I do like it to me. Yeah, it feels like you're gonna get the shit into the stick anyways. So I might as well just maybe. You might as well. And like, look, if you're any sort of creative, part of what it is that makes you good is like if you can tap into the sincerity, into the honesty, right? So, and that's a skill. It's not something you can turn on and off in a way that, like, so if you spend your life faking it, you're not going to be very funny. You're not going to be very interesting. You're not like you'll you'll be basic. So there's a lot of yeah, like it's a what's up. There's a lot of basic people out there. There are a lot of basic people out there. And basic, like I said, all the non-basic civil rights leaders are dead now. <laughs> they got shot or stressed out or something like that. They died yes. broke. Right. So the yeah. ones who are left are like, they 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 got like the Clyburns. They they made it by keeping their head down and saying, yes, sir. You know, I, ooh, sounds exactly. bad. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I Miss mean, Nancy, that's, that's interesting. Nice yeah, exactly. And then when you have someone like, a Clyburn and then the same people who are the same older black folks who are still voting for him or still think he's okay. They also survived the same thing. So they have this weird thing where they don't, can't see any of the issues. Even if you tell because, them that the don his donors are insurance companies. They're yeah. Like, wow. They're just like, but he's made it, you know? And like, they have this weird camaraderie that like, we cannot break, break this freaking cycle of getting them to, you know, vote for people like Jim Clyburn, like, or let them get to any sort of level of status. Yeah. I, I think there's also a thing of like the black people, the slim black people who have made it, they don't know, like, they don't even see the mass. They're like, oh, yeah, there's a black middle class. They'll like step over 20, literally in LA, you can step over like 20 black homeless people before you find your find a black person who's not homeless. <laughs> like you can go from black A, the homeless population, people don't know this, the homeless population in Los Angeles is black. <laughs> like it's, yeah. I, th I think it's 60% black yeah. and, and mostly male. But like mm -hmm. one thing you notice if you go, if you actually look at the, the homeless population in Los Angeles is it's black. There yeah. aren't too many black people everywhere else, but in Skid Row and the homeless population, it's black. Uh -huh. So you could just walk over so many black people who are struggling. And then find a black person who's got like a good government job and be like, oh yeah, we all right. <laughs> right, right. Mm. Well, and that's the thing, the interesting thing too about LA when you walk around, we're the only ones who don't have our own little community either. You know, you can go to this little neighborhood, you can go to this you're little- You're in Koreatown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, we don't even have a, like a system in place or a place that we could bring people to because I know like a lot of like Asian churches or things in Koreatown, they take people into their churches. That's why you don't see a lot of different, you know, Asian homeless people. But we don't even have yeah. the a ability support. to do that. We don't have no, we don't we, have we, our own housing. So we, we got moved. We got priced out. I mean, it used to be View Park, um, you know, the jungle, Inglewood, a little bit. Yeah. So it used to be that area, but like Fox Hills Mall area. But like we got priced out of it, and like nobody, nobody's black is moving to LA, and that's one thing that people need to understand. Like. Nobody, like, when you moved there about five years ago, but uh, how long ago did you move there? 10? Yeah, 20. Well, you moved there. I moved there two, two three, three, three years, years ago. ago. And I moved there yeah. like eight, like 10 years ago, nine yeah. years ago. Mm -hmm. Just strictly but to act. I would not have moved there if I did not want to be an actress. 
because mm-hmm. I yeah. quite liked it though enough. Well, but. I moved there for the weather. That was my big thing. But um, and and the weed, of course. I mean, that was my other thing. Um, but I guess yeah, like a lot of the people that I'm trying to think of, like people that we worked with, like events catering and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess a lot of the kids who moved were like we're young white kids. <laughs> a lot yeah, of like kids, you, a lot, yeah, a lot yeah. Of, yeah, a lot of international kids actually yeah. too. So it's like, how are they affording that? Yeah, so we're not doing so hot. There's a way in which all of our leaders got to be leaders by just kind of going along to getting along. So we're just kind of confused. And so the big thing is, why don't we admit that we're broke? I mean, all three of us are college educated. The, the, the white equivalent to the three of us are not are, are, are doing pretty well. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So, like, make no mistake. Like, the the white equivalent of three of us are, are doing pretty well. Um, and yet, I mean, we're we're doing all right. But why don't we admit that we as a people are broke? Uh, pride. Broke. I guess. I think it's like too much of. I mean, right now there's just so much of a culture of consumption and like capitalism, whether it be from you know what we talk about in rap music R&B or whatever to like even when you try to learn about socialism let's say from Hassan Piker he's mm-hmm. still got a $1100 shirt on it's like everybody everywhere you go i still feel like you know with TikTok and everything it's super pushing this this consumption and mm-hmm. it almost feels like people aren't allowed to have like bum jo- like you know like like well, lower wage jobs like i always did but i always like hit it because yeah people think immediately, I think different things about you. And we already have such a barrier of people not, not thinking immediately that we're capable of things. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, so I wasn't like, Oh, I'm also a bartender all the time. Yeah. You Sometimes. didn't want to let people know. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't, I don't think I didn't let people know so much that I had a second job most of the time either. Um, definitely a pride thing, but um, the consumption, I guess is what it just, it's so prevalent. And I feel like right now we're in this tricky time where people are like able to learn about how to do better with their finances. Like black people were never taught anything about finances. And now we're at this point where we're like, you could learn. So then you almost get this feeling of like, well, shit, if I don't learn this then I'm lazy, like, because all the resources are here for me to make a great life. And then it's always back on this like personal responsibility thing of like, Oh, well, all the resources are there for you. You screwed up. And I think, I think as black people, we can't accept that because that's where it gets to this weird, like black exceptionalism. If you don't buy false, into it's it, it's a false sense. It's if just, you also, if you don't buy into it, it seems like you get completely ostracized. Like if you are not motivated by money, especially if you're like in the black community, like people don't understand, understand what, yeah, that's, people that's what literally mean. like, yeah. I know you had this in DC and I feel like mm-hmm. I had it in LA. I was just like really there for the experience. I, we are from a rural town never got to go anywhere grew up very christian like when i was in la i was just like out of my mind i was like wow like (laughs) whoa this person hello like and people it was a lot but you know i just think people oh i'm courtney (laughs) um yeah i just think you when uh, black people that that's and also just americans in general you know money is how we measure success it's not happiness it's not your level of stress it's not any of those things and so especially with social media like you're always supposed to be showing it and if you're not participating in these things it's like Mm -hmm. people don't know 
how to deal with you. How to handle, yeah. And yeah. you also can't and get ahead if you don't play that game. And how can you prove that you're successful if you're not, oh, if, nobody knows. If, if nobody knows how much money you're making. But I mean, also, <laughs> just, I feel like we're setting ourselves back so far. It's like basic, it's like we're kneecapping ourselves. Like, I feel like we'd be better off to say, look, Black people, we are all poor. I don't care how much money you're making. We are all poor. Let's all work together. And they need to, we need to make sure that they give us our reparations or however we're going to resolve this. Because otherwise you're just feeding in. They're, they're winning by us not saying the facts, I guess. It's just a fact. I used to say that like, you know what? White people buy with cash. We buy with credit. but And we think we have it the same because... Mm. <laughs> Yeah. But that's just that's just not true. So there's a way in which I don't unless you've seen how real money moves, you don't know how black people don't have it. We don't have it. Whatever it is, we don't have it. And you think you have it because you haven't really seen how it moves. Right. Like yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars changes hands for like a business that everybody knows is gonna fail. But we just want them to try. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, that's part of why, uh, what up, Liu Kang? Um, that's part of why, you know, so part of our YouTube content that we create, everything is not about politics. Some things are about real housewives, you know? I mean, the amount that we've learned about how frivolous they are, like rich people are with their money, how easy they can make that phone call and get $10,000 or $50,000, you know, how little they... Well, one are, are bothered by being robbed because they have their all their stuff insured, so they're really not that. I mean, it's just it, you learn a lot about how they move, but yeah. also like charities and the fact mm. that you know. I mean, it's it's yeah. just so it, like people always forget about the fact that you, it's a write off or that you could mm -hmm. be pay, enriching yourself through this foundation. <laughs> that happens so much, and yeah, you could be paying yourself through. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. It, it's. <laughs> So yeah, the way and like I've I've done a little bit of research into this and black people we actually save just fine. So people who say like, well, you know, it's the Jordans in the hair. Now at most income levels, like our savings rates are, are more responsible than our white counterparts. <laughs> because yeah, like if they weren't, we'd be good. using money. That's not the no. issue. It's that we don't have it to begin with. We don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. Right. Yeah. And to make it, you need and to make it like any sort of private creative or any sort of you need money to be willing to lose. You need $20,000 yes. to like in this venture to get like a studio right. So I'm not behind a curtain and get everything right and mm -hmm. get everything, everything that works the first time. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi that doesn't, you know, drop out everything, you know, all that. Exactly. Yeah. To get everything work, you need like a few stacks and, and then that's to make it like to fail in an educational way. <laughs> and then you come back with the next round of cash to actually make something, right? Yeah. So, or you need to find a white backer. And finding a white backer is not the most, uh, you know, soul enriching experience, I, I suspect, right? There might be some, yeah, there might yeah. be some strings attached to that, you right. know, with yeah. what you can create. So. Right. You'd so, have to find a white backer like maybe like kill someone on a back road at some point and like it feels really bad about it and they have a lot of guilt or something like they can't cause yeah what you're saying you'll there'll be so much influence yeah you have there'll a be so much because we don't have it so when we're asking for money for people to tell our side of the story it's people who are very invested in us not telling our side of the story by the way if you like what we're doing you should go over to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in 515 or 50 dollars a month 
for me to keep kind of, you know, finding people and highlighting them on the show and doing what I do every Thursday. And you can go to the Bank Sisters on YouTube and check them out, check out their content. And, you know, I like them. I think they're, I think they're fine. I'm trying to, um, we can get something together. And this, this is good. This is going to be fun. But, you know, in a well-ordered world, like people without quality of mind should be able to like pool our money together, get a studio, have Keisha design it. Like we all come up with a script and then Courtney perform it. And it would be very good. And like, you know, I'm sure they could find some people to be background and like, this shouldn't be that difficult um, to create a high quality product that would actually be provocative. And look, so for the last two election cycles, um, the black people in the South have killed the left, right? Mm -hmm. And so there isn't going to be a real left in America unless you figure out how to get us on board. And the only way to get us on board is to fund us, <laughs> right? So the idea is that if you throw us a hundred, I'll tell you right now, if Bernie spent $100,000 on us three in 2016, he would have won in 2020. You're right okay. about it. I'll, I'll say it. You could say I'm wrong, but I might be right. No, I, I think, think you right. are correct. Yeah. I mean, there's he gives, if you, if, so you white leftists will be like, what do we have to do? What you have to do is find people like us three, give us more money than you're feeling comfortable with. Don't ask us about it. Right. <laughs> make, make the check out to cash. And then and be happy with what you got. Slide it over. Yep. Just slide it over. Don't ask me. I'm not, there are not going to be any receipts, no bills. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll just know that it's in, being taken care of. And um, and like we could turn this out because you're not going to have you're not going to have a southern left that's not led by black people because black people don't know if the white left is up to the fight. Mm. Right. That yeah. Yeah. so this is what I said about. This is what people ask me. Why didn't black people vote for Bernie? They'll be like, look, you know how everybody liked Marianne Williamson? She thought she was really nice and really kooky, but like isn't really that serious about the fight that's going to happen to her. But she's like nice, you know, whatever. She's cool. That's how black people thought about Bernie. He's nice and all, but he's not going to go. He's not going to go like, you know, in a bare knuckle brawl with some of these races because the state legislatures here are clan. So like, you, right. like to get any of your nice federal policies implemented, through these state legislatures who are pretty much Klan is going to be like, you're going to have to bring out the guns and the, the, the tanks. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, if you're not willing to like fight that fight, you're not, your cute little lefty plans aren't going to work. So yeah. if, and, and Bernie didn't seem like he was willing to fight that fight and it's dangerous and people don't understand. It's dangerous to ally, to ally yourself with a white ally who doesn't know about the fight. Because they'll end up screwing you, like you'll end up jeopardizing all of your kind of like contacts and and opportunities, and then when it's and then bouncing because like the fight's too ugly for them. Yeah, and it didn't. Yeah, he was like, "Well, I'm guess I'm done with this." Even though he could have pushed back on the exit poll discrepancies, he could where mm -hmm. we could have actually get something done with a democracy. He could have pushed back with anything about Biden and, you know, really connected with black people. If he'd been honest about how Biden has created these two forms of modern day slavery, you know, via de debtors slavery, and then also the carceral system. And he just, 
you know, let him off the hook. I mean, this is he could have said, you know, this guy buying, he ain't gonna do jack for you. Don't listen to him talking. He's been there for 30 years. He hasn't talked about doing jack for you when he had power. He didn't do jack for you. He didn't do that much for you as vice president. He wasn't even talking that big. If you elect him, you're not gonna get nothing. And you know what? We elected him and we didn't get nothing. Less than nothing. Oh, he actually went works. backwards on some stuff. I mean, they negotiated themselves out of so many situations that the Republicans weren't even asking them to negotiate. Right. Because you have reconciliation. Like, why, why are you dropping the amount of unemployment? What are you doing? <laughs> why? I, I need that money. Literally, what the hell? This is great. People remember that. I mean, I, I well, remember that. Yeah. So there's this idea that Biden have, didn't have the fight and Bernie didn't have the fight because he wasn't willing to call Biden on not having the fight. And if you don't and if you can't like and if you can't take out Biden, you're not going to be able to deal with these whites in the South who are very yeah. comfortable with keeping us down and have yeah. their entire way of life <laughs> around keeping us down. The Southern when people talk about protecting our way of life and protecting our way of culture. They're talking about protecting a quality of hierarchy that mm -hmm. doesn't have us on top or even in the middle. Um, yeah. So they don't talk, they're not talking about like, I just want to share power with black people. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, no so to your, um, what you were saying before about like how white people are going to have to be, just become comfortable with for us to have equality, your life is patently going to change. I'm so sorry. Be. Otherwise, there's no other work. way to do it. <laughs> like, they're like, like, yeah, yeah. Virginia is another one of those states with like 30, like Richmond, I know has like 45% black people. Yeah. yeah and that's like, and like $10 of black money, right? So if for Richmond to be made whole, a city like Richmond to be made whole, white life is going to look unrecognizable. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, there's like private schools down there, but I mean, it's very racially segregated yeah. and it's yeah. not it, it would be unrecognizable. So yeah. the entire South, there are so many black people here and so little, like, do we even own commercial land? That's like... <laughs> That I know. Not enough. Uh, good question. Not enough, though. You know, you know a you know black person who owns a sound studio who's not Tyler Perry? No. Now, I was literally just about to bring up Tyler Perry because I was like, if somebody like Tyler Perry, who could be handing out jobs, insists on writing all of his shows himself, even though he doesn't have the experience of a black woman, he's going to write Sisters by himself anyways, I guess. He could be <laughs> did doling out jobs. No, he doesn't do that. So the fact that the, the one of the richest people, I mean, Oprah, why isn't she coming in and buying swaths of land or making black yes. schools here? Making, I mean, yeah, why is, why, I, I never could understand that. Well, she I, said, did you hear what she said about that? No, what? Oh, no, she took it. Someone asked her about that. She's like, you're based in Chicago. You do not have to go all the way to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, right. to build a school. What's up with that? She's like, well, you know, the black kids here don't want it badly. <laughs> no, you can, she's like, there's an interview. I thought it was a people or something yeah. like that. She's like, cause yeah, she's based, she was based in Chicago at the time. And like, she built a school in Africa when like there was the entire South side of Chicago. Obama fixed that. Don't worry. You can go to his little library thing and become a leader just like him. <laughs> Obama's <laughs> another one. So like, so he was built, so he built his, uh, he was building his uh, presidential library in Hyde Park in Chicago. And one of the neighborhood groups is like, all right, well, we'll let you build the presidential library here, but you got to talk to me about like some of these contracts. Cause this is like a, going to be like a hundred million dollar business. Yeah. And like, so like, can we get a community benefits agreement so that some of these contracts go to like, you know, black cement people and black architects and black interior. Someone's going to design those lobbies. Yeah, exactly. It could be Keisha. 
Syria, everything, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Keisha, would you mind? Would you take the contract to design the Obama li uh, library uh, lobby? And, uh, yes. and it's <laughs> a lot of money, but. Dirty, uh, I'd have to think. Well, this is why we don't make money, because we have morality. We try oh, to tell our parents God. this all the time, that that's the only other way you can make money if you're just like, yeah, I'm fine with that. You yeah. know? Oh, look, man, they will give you enough money to design that atrium. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that you'd be good oh, for yeah. a decade. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you take that contract. But Obama, but what Obama said is like, no, well, if I do a community benefits with agreement with you guys and everybody's gonna come out and have their hand out. And I'm like, Negro. <laughs> oh my God. And, and he so, owns Chicago because he basically used Chicago to like, 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 you know, like make his blackness known. Right. Like he here he is. Hawaii. He Let's did not he went all these private schools and stuff. I mean, he did not have that black card and then he inserted himself into like the, the church community there the black community there via the church and you know when you say like oh i'm from chicago like as a black person it's like oh wow that's a real you're a real black person i don't yeah, know how yeah, to explain yeah, that yeah. right but you can't say it right i'm yeah, from hawaii, from hawaii. Yeah, but now he can say like oh you know i'm from chicago. come on and not from chicago buddy but okay you wow. know <laughs> it, i see i see it so he could have he could have uh he could have spent a little bit of money throwing a little bit of money like a lot of black contractors could have been could have but he was like no nah, if i just have one agreement with this community everybody's gonna have their hand out and i don't want that so you know all the contracts are gonna be like these old timey like irish guys <laughs> who worked for yeah. daily yeah, back exactly. in, in 50 years ago so like that's that's kind of a problem so we don't have it we don't have it we don't have our own space i mean at any point in time, YouTube could take us down, take me down, and I'd be like, well, I guess it was nice while I had it. Because um, yeah. it's not run by us. Yeah. It's run by an algorithm, and we just got to try to stay in under the algorithm. But there's no, that's no life. <laughs> really, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. Harder than it needs to be, for that's sure. No way to live. <laughs> that's no way to live, staying up, trying to live under the algorithm. No, Some no. man's algorithm telling me what I can do and say and what's not appropriate for kids. Self-censoring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't, because uh, uh, that, that appropriate for kids thing is like, what do they even mean by that? Because I'm like, I do think some, a lot of stuff what we say, I'd love for a kid to hear, but like, what's the line? But we're like, cursing. Yeah. Words. I mean, what kind of kid is it? Eight? Is it What kind of kids are you talking about? Yeah, like, there's If it's a kid from LA, then they, they're older automatically yeah. by mm -hmm. like 10 years. A city so. kid or a country kid, right. you know? Yeah, yeah there's a difference. So, you know, we got to just think about what it means to be a nation that's 40 million strong and like have the money of 5 million, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and can you make it in America without any, like we don't own, and the, the commercial real estate, once I saw the numbers on commercial real estate is what I realized, because that means if we don't own any commercial real estate, that means we're not really commercial realtors either. Right. <laughs> like, right. like we don't own like we're, we're not in we're just out of the commercial business so that means we're in a capitalist country without any capital right um, exactly because i mean you know sure every everyone can own a you know everyone's so big into like being that being a landlord now like sure everyone can buy a duplex i guess you know and then we just like rent it out to other people but you're right where you make real money is and definitely in the commercial realm i mean yeah. we don't even have any yeah I, I hadn't thought about that i guess we have no access to it yeah I, no, I, like I in a, in a well-ordered world like you guys would be able to open a whole studio. You know how to set, you know how to design right. one. 
you guys create the content and then like you hire someone to come and do the tech yeah. <laughs> like and like that's like that would be and it wouldn't and it, and it would be good for the world hey, by the way if anybody of the 160 people watching right now uh want to just write a hundred thousand dollar check to courtney and keisha make it out to cash that would solve everything we're talking about right exactly that would help that, that would help right because mm -hmm. like you want a southern black left you threw hundreds of millions of dollars to bernie um and like he's gonna get killed and like any, any real left movement in the united states is gonna have to come through the south and that means you're gonna have to actually deal with the racial tensions here which means yeah. you need a real black left can I ask yeah. you if you think that if Bernie had actually gone harder, that they, that more black people in the South would have felt he was up to the job? Like if he had, you know how Biden is like, has like pointed at people and, 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 you know, like you kind of want like a father figure or push somebody who's done a, yeah, the push up contest. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that those things are wild, but in other ways people see that as like, oh, he's tough. Like. Mm -hmm. Is there a way he could have appeared tougher, or you know? Yeah, well, I look. I mean, you got black people in Alabama who still have hookworms. Have hook, and there's a there's a great article you can just go to, put in hookworms Alabama, and they have hookworms because the septic system went out, and the the pipes are old. The septic system went out, and it takes like twelve thousand dollars to get a new septic system. What Negro do you know has twelve thousand dollars just kind of around? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like none of them and none of them live in Alabama. So you got people with broken septic system, they're literally in their own feces. And so they got hookworms in Alabama because like this basic infrastructure doesn't happen. Right. So yeah. Bernie would have said, like, look, man, we need to be honest. These people are living in horrible conditions and we need to get the Army Corps of Engineers out there to give these guys some plumbing. Man, give these, but you don't care because they're black and in the South and rural poverty. Are you guys, do you know rural, you know rural poverty? Oh yeah. Mm. Rural, rural yeah, poverty. black rural poverty is this whole thing. It's ugly. Yeah, I guess our great great grandma, <laughs> yeah. She lived like back in a trailer, way back in the woods with like a Down a dirt road and yeah. yeah. Yeah, black rural poverty is something you haven't even seen. And this is why I talk about like people, Anna DuVernay didn't tell you what Selma is. Now, Selma's a place right now you do not want to go to. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of black little towns that you just don't want to, they, nothing works. And they all have lead in the water and nothing works. Right. So we don't talk about how there are these black little towns that are just like horrible places to live because nothing works because there's no capital and the states are run by the Klan. So they don't even get any money to do any basic infrastructure. And we don't talk about them because we're still with we we don't want to we don't want to let the cat out of the bag that we're broke. I oh, is it that or is it protecting? Because when you you know when it's Ava DuVernay, all I see is her protecting you know the the centrists, the Democrats. I mean, we're talking about somebody who made Thirteenth the documentary, which was amazing the first time you watch it, and then as I learned more, I was like, wait a second, Joe Biden is not in this documentary at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> and Hillary Clinton is allowed to apologize for Bill Clinton signing the 94 crime bill and because she was and she was running that year. 
And so you've got, she's obviously not going to sit, call out Joe Biden because he was vice president under Obama at the time when it came out. She's not going to lose access to Obama. So Mm -hmm. she doesn't even mention that Joe Biden is the one who was pushing for all of these things and created the crime bill. And just that Bill Clinton signed it, then that way neatly, Hillary Clinton can apologize. Now you can feel okay voting for her. And now it leads to, here we are, you know, Biden running again, and people think that they can trust him. And it's just covering and covering. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't even watch Selma. I did watch her other one, um, the what? The one about the Central Park Five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, When They See Us? When They See Us, which was incredible, incredible. incredible. But I think that she went harder on that one because Trump was involved. Trump was the person. You know what I'm saying? And it's like she's, there's a lot that she's just not allowing. I actually, like, wrote that on Twitter and she blocked me. So, (laughs) um, from our from our podcast account, but I was like, "Hey, girl, I don't see Joe Biden in this documentary anywhere. Dude, I don't understand." Yeah. And and it just runs so much cover and changes the course of history, literally, literally because, history. Because if you're gonna, people are, you have to meet people where they are. Not everyone is sitting on a live stream learning about leftism all the time. You know what I mean? I talk to my boyfriend sometimes, and he's like, he's like, Amazon labor union. What are you talking about? He's like, I don't know who Chris Smalls is. I don't know what you're talking about. Like if. Ava DuVernay has a chance to meet people where they are in entertainment and relay this information. I I don't even care if she does it subtly, hopefully not, but you know, at least start laying the foundation of, let me look into this a little bit more. What was that thing she said about, they said about Joe Biden? I mean, it's you're doing you're you've sold out the whole black race that, i don't know that would like, be one just, thing if she left little like hints that you could mm-hmm. like you know check on oh yeah. so the regular people wouldn't know but she doesn't she just doesn't want to lose access to these people she's going to continue to use poor people's stories like you know mm-hmm. and, and and that's it and the fact that you know i i didn't watch selma i just kind of i'm just mm-hmm. over so many yeah. black stories that are always well, about the same thing right so i mean look if voting for democrats like joe biden if voting for democrats in general were good for black people we'd be fleeing to la and new york we'd be going to them and we'd be thriving in la and new york there would be a hard and virginia for for a while virginia had like a democratic state legislature a Mm -hmm. democratic governor and like i think both houses of the state legislature didn't matter still a lot of more black people did not get any better so now, now what kids. does that mean? It means that like the democratic politics as it is, is not necessarily great for black people. And so <laughs> and then, then we need that like that, that needs to change. And it's like, how do we convey this to people though? Like we have such a hard time just getting people to even just believe the facts. Like, well, the problem is if they believe the pact, it might cost them a job. At the end of the day, they'll see your mouth moving, but there's no money attached. So are you really talking to them? So a lot of people get paid not to hear what you're saying. We need to create like a quality of alternative economy where one, they lose money by not listening to you. And two, they can get money by listening to you. All right, all right. I'll okay, so that's, I mean, I, I think that's, cause right now that's all what's gonna happen in the South. Cause in the South, what happens is the company Democrats call all your black principles, all those, all those 
all those people from the divine nine and 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 all, all the black sorority people and fraternity people those are the principals those are the executives those are the bankers and the black community the black people who made it so like the company democrats call all of them and say like control your people vote for <laughs> vote for Clyburn or vote for whomever. Don't ask about getting the hookworms out and don't ask about clean water, any of that. Right. And that black professional class doesn't have any incentive to listen to you. <laughs> they like they don't have like all you're doing is gonna screw up their grift. Right. Um, yeah. We don't have any we don't have any value to bring to them. We don't have any contracts to bring to them. That's, I mean, yeah, that's why I'm pretty hostile towards like, you know, just kind of upper like bougie black people in general. I'm just like, don't you see the damage you're doing all the time? And it's just, you know, it just is happening over and over again. And and that's where like the civility politics will come in, you know, because then you, you can't get too you know, you can't get too aggressive and then they can shut down the conversation. We're not gonna talk like this way. And, um, you know, or they just have made, you know, being progressive or a leftist so radical that they, you know, can dismiss it. And I, I, I think that, you know, we've got to get like, you almost have to make, you know, wanting to actually beat these, you know, beat these Democrats, these centrist Democrats, like zeitgeisty you have to make it like there's got to be a celebrity attached to it like i don't know how else we're going to get past that hump because in america we're so propagandized to only look for things if we're led by some sort of celebrity and so i yeah. don't see how they're going to turn the page it doesn't benefit them and that's going to be a that's a real puzzle because what slim connections you have come through a democratic party that's like there are just too many people who get paid to keep yeah. black people poor and or black people blaming themselves for being poor they'll, yeah. they'll look at you two oh. and say like well you should have been more educated you're like yeah, have college degrees <laughs> like we like, we like, did the thing i don't know right we did the thing. <laughs> i don't know what else i can do we, we did the thing <laughs> That's another reason why it's like the black church i mean our parents go to you know a baptist black church and like it's just i feel like the church would be a great place to be telling people you know to be changing those minds you've got the captive audience and they'll say they'll go kind of far we were like in one recently like listen to a sermon and and it, it was almost there and then it was kind of like and you got to vote for democrats and it's like oh, okay well you know and and they're not teaching their congregations to be you know demanding things you know it's mm -hmm. and and that's another thing it's just like everything i've been seeing recently with so many tragedies when you look at what is offered um you know to the asian community they'll get a bill or maybe the trans community they'll get a bill when something happens to black people it's like oh well they've got um music of the community and prayers we'll have and you're like this person doesn't you know. have a place to live like I just well, you know, what we got is a, a picture of Obama. We got a picture of a black family in the White House. Yes. You should be happy with that picture. You should put it on your mantle. And you should put it back. That's supposed to last <laughs> just like 75 years of goodwill or something. Like, what's the statute of limitations on this Obama thing? Like, it's over now. We like, have that picture with Obama. <laughs> oh, we, we need a job. You got a picture of a black first lady. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all <laughs> like I'd rather take the job though, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I need that. I'd, I'm not living in Michelle's house, so yeah. So there, there you go. Yeah. And um, so 
so the black church is interesting because when we look at when you talk about the civil rights movement people are like well you know martin luther king was a minister and that's important but there's also a reason why all of those people were so young because every black person over 40 was like these negroes are troublesome <laughs> these, right. these people are gonna get us killed right and so like even daddy king you read like some of uh martin luther king's autobiography uh, in some of the stories he tells, he's like, his dad was not a big fan. He's like, Martin, you're going to get us killed. You need to hush with this. And so there's a long tradition in the Black community of, of elders shushing <laughs> young revolutionaries. And that's not that hasn't been particularly good for us in the long or the short term, but because life is so precarious. Well, I and think money is so precarious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe one thing that's different now is um, just what's going on in the state of America. So like as far as like inflation and student debt and all of this stuff we're, and climate change, like we're at a real tipping point as far as like uh, how well this country is going to do or not do in the next couple of years. So I'm hoping that that will kind of radicalize some more people because a lot of young people, I mean, we're, I mean, I, you know, we're kind of older, but I think a lot of people younger than us can see that there's not too much future in this. So I'm hoping that's going to, you know, get stoke the fires. We'll see. I, I just know. feel like black people, what do we have to lose? Like, just vote. Don't just vote. Yeah. Their part. Also, what do you yeah. You're getting nothing. <laughs> you're getting literally nothing. So right. just so, vote yeah. how exactly how you want. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it, we, you know, it, we're, we try to convince our mom, like, every day you know like just please and she will say you know wow well, i guess they aren't really doing much but but what about joe manchin but well okay, but what about that cinema lady and i'm like okay but don't you think right. it's weird that the republicans could push out liz cheney a literal vice president's like a daughter but for some reason they can't strip this guy from his committee assignments or you know yeah. why are they always taking meetings with them and having so much power you know it's just it's they all don't there, but it. they don't want to see mm -hmm. it. But it's like you were saying, you know, it's I think that people also have to believe in this thing because we have to participate in this society. So it's much easier to just say, well, you know, they're fighting the good fight and I've got to believe that because they it's don't good. have any other options. And, and it's like, they, but they, they, haven't they put it together that like they're too brilliant and did everything they were supposed to daughters like in a well-ordered world should be like you know thriving in the private sector even like like, like haven't they put it together that are they still so i my problem with the black church and especially in the south i get a problem because every now and then i'll hear a pastor start blaming black people black kids of, of like doing it wrong when i'm just thinking i don't i don't understand like how can you live in america and blame black youth for like anything <laughs> yeah. How can you live in America? They, I mean, they're practically disposable. Just they they look at if they have any eyes, they look at what it's like to be forty five or like you know older anyway, and they're like, all right, so either I become a complete like shell of a sellout, or I'm broke, and they don't want to do any of that, so. They're like, well, I might as well, you know, maybe I don't have to do my homework because if those are my options, either becoming like, you know, some Uncle Tom clown or becoming like broke anyway, then like, why should I try now? There's right. no path for us. There is like, I mean, we can like, you have to understand we are 
the most educated Americans in general, like the three of us here. And so like, if there's no path for us, then what, like anybody else, the bottom third, I don't even know why they, they even try at all. Right? So, yeah, yeah gosh, I mean, yeah, that's rough. I mean, um, if, it's starting to hit the white people a little bit with the opioid crisis, I guess. But um, as far as like, sorry, as far as like black children go, I just think the amount of trauma that exists just to like live your everyday life is so much and then black kids are never just just never afforded any grace any you know no leg ups no comforts no but nothing, there's you know? also such a high expectation of this like black mm -hmm. excellence thing all the time harping on you harping so, on you harping on you and i just feel like it's it, you know that's like sometimes too much to bear like of course you might just kind of be like why even try i mean yeah right. I mean, to be honest with our um our nephew was kind of like that, like, you know, stellar into history, you know, we used to go to the museums all the time. And then like, I don't know, kind of just like decided one day, like during COVID, like, well, I don't, I don't really want to go to school anymore. I'd rather just have this job working at a gas station. And that was that I'm going to get my GED, like, and, and like, it was like nothing we could say was going to, you know, convince them otherwise. So. Yeah, I mean, there's no path looking forward. I mean, you could be what Katandi uh, Brown, but if you're not, there's no middle. But, <laughs> I, I also hate there's just Katandi Brown and like your parents' basement. And, exactly, yeah. I, and I hate this whole like use of like the examples of exceptionalism because I've seen a lot of people, you know, trying to justify the rights, kind of doing this a bit too. But they're like, look at this person. Black people can't be doing bad, oh. and we. You know, we we cover Real Housewives, so of course, you know, for some white people, the only black people that they see are through their screens, and they're doing great. You know, they're doing fine. Mm -hmm. So why would you think that people have lead in their drinking water at, or on a regular basis? You know, like you don't have to see that. And I think these it, it's so many when there's just this one person excelling, that doesn't really yeah. help the rest of the community. That's just one. <laughs> help. They always try to make that <laughs> argument, like. This person over here became a success, great. so mm -hmm. that's yeah. that. That's meritocracy. It's right, yeah. And I, I, th I do think the kids are are seeing through it just because of you know how the internet is and how much more mm -hmm. they can see on social media. Um, but the establishment is still trying to sell very hard this personal responsibility, and it seems like it's only the Republicans. But the more I think about it, it's like in everything. So, yeah. no, I, I, I lost it a few years ago. I went to an MLK thing. And, you know, Black Preacher was up there just like going after the kids. And I'm like, what are you doing, Negro? Like, why? Why? And it, you, you do it for white claps and you do it for white charity checks because that's what they pay for. Like, yeah. And that's a good place for us to end. What won't the culture go after to clarify the fight? Because I say there are two things you can do as like, you know, a politician or like any sort of political leader. You can either get legislation passed or you can clarify the fight. The one A might not be clarifying the fight in a way that's good. She might be confusing people, right? Like, so what, and I think we don't go after, we definitely don't go after white Democrats, but like what 
what can't you do? And I think you see this in the Black Lady Sketch Show because I, I watched the first season because I was like, oh, she's good. And, you know, she's talented or whatever and smart. And I like all and there are a few of the ensemble that I thought was actually interesting. But she never went after white people and she went after black guys a lot. So I'm like, you are scared to go after the whites. <laughs> How can you be black in America? Because there is no black person in America who like doesn't have thoughts on what it is to deal with the whites and like yeah. what that means for your life, for your safety, for your everything, for like, for your job, like what? So like the idea that you can have like a black sketch show that doesn't have anything to say about like, what is it? Well, what's it like to deal with the white? I remember my favorite white guy story was um, this cat. We were working the same job. And we were in the same we were in the same program. This is at Brandeis. And I was talking about this time I got I got fired for standing up for for racial justice on the job. And he was like, "Yeah, that's like the time I got fired." Except I was doing cocaine in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, you were doing cocaine in the bathroom. <sighs> you were standing up for the people. Hmm. That is nothing. Like the same, that is not the same thing. You're a degenerate. Oh my God. I lived in LA lifestyle. I've done cocaine in the bathroom at a job just to test the limits. I just want to feel like So this idea that like, we're not living in the same reality where you think what you, you're confused if you think what you did and what I did deserve to be in the same conversation. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can I like, ask but, you, who yeah. do you think that Black Lady Sketch Show is made for? Uh, so I would have to see the demographic. It got picked up. So someone's watching it, right? So bougie Black women, but are there really that many of them who would watch it? Listen, you were the first person I saw that was brave enough to talk about how they tend to punch down. And I allegedly, I'll just say allegedly, allegedly, maybe I turned in an audition tape for that some years ago. And maybe allegedly a note I got is not black enough because maybe allegedly I was doing like an Elizabeth Warren impersonation or a drunk white lady. Now, I think that maybe something like that would be helpful to the show because I said that today as well. I did not, I was like, when do they make fun of white ladies? Why don't they just make fun of white ladies? Every Easy. time they just put on a voice. I could do a season. Uh, <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah. Harassing. It'd be diverse. It'd be like different fun. They could be thematic. Like there were so many ways. <laughs> so many ways. And the other issue they don't I know have each other. They don't know themselves. It would be very educational. It would be spiritual. <laughs> yes, they could do a lot with that. But yeah, I mean, now we're just going to be honest about it because listen, my career is over. So here, I'm going to just say, <laughs> like, I always found it also, I mean, we've had conversations about this too, but it does seem like you're not allowed to critique kind of anything that black people are making. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're like not supporting. And there are, we should be able to, you know, maybe say that there are issues so then it can get better. And, you know, an issue I saw with the show, it tends to be a bit corny. And because there's a lot of late night writers on the show. So like people from like late night with Seth Meyers or like mm -hmm. sketches on that are like not HBO. And then you had somebody like Quinta Bronson, who was in the first season, who now is doing, um, you know, Abbott, uh, Abbott Elementary yeah. and amazing. 
And she was like, she worked for BuzzFeed. She was always making memes, her fingers on the pulse. If you look at the credits in the first season, she didn't have a writer's credit. And to me, it seemed like a class divide. Like you, because when you write for a writer's room, for a late night writer's room, you have to be like a page at NBC. That these are jobs that you have to like have some money because you don't get paid. paid intern, and yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Usually it's white dudes. So yes, there are white women writing the stuff, but what kind of white women? Because I mean, black women. Yes, there's black women writing it, but what kind of black women? Because to me, it seemed like they were from a different class. And to them, it's funny mm -hmm. to just always put on like, oh, I'm going to be a ghetto accent or do this or do that. When it's like, why don't you write what you know? Yeah. Which is just white ladies all around you. But it's like, right. they don't want to. Or bougie black people. Or but bougie black people. You know right. that as well. Like, it's, I think it's so funny to me that it's on um, HBO. But I mean, the way that black comedy started out on HBO was like raunchy, hard, like get to the facts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was pull no punches, you know, Apollo style. And then to bring this to it is like, you're on HBO. Why aren't you going farther? You're not yeah, censored. You're not, nothing's holding you back. Like the joke, ugh, the jokes aren't there. I don't know. Just, when they go too long, <laughs> you got to edit, cut. Oh, cut they the never cut it on. Yeah. Seriously. And then Lou made a good point. He said, but Lovecraft Country got only got one season. I mean, Incredible. Lovecraft Country was insanely good. And that got nothing, you know? I mean, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. So, I don't even know Black Lady. But, <laughs> and why did they, why did they get two seasons? And how do you, so who do you, so this is actually a question. You Who do you pitch to? Who's in, how does one go from, I got an idea to like an HBO deal? Who, who do you have to pitch to to get that done? Mm -hmm. Huh, that's not a question. I've never sold a show, so I don't know. I mean, from what, what I, sold one? <laughs> never. From what I saw from Lena Dunham, I think it helped have the president of HBO living in her uh, a building oh, growing yeah, up, yeah. so that helped. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. No, I do think, like, I know, you know, Robin Thede, she worked her way up, you know, through working with Larry Wilmore and being on, you know, Comedy Central and stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't, another thing, mm. just because we're being honest, She's in too many of the sketches and awesome. she needs to not be in all of the sketches. Yeah. It's, you wow. can't. Is that a thing? Yes. Because she's you, in all of the sketches. Yeah. She's the, uh, you can be, I mean, especially if it's a show that you like, kind of like, she created this show, right? Like, isn't she the, you don't need to be, yeah. you've already got that credit, like dial it back. That's, it's yeah. just, wow. every sketch is like, it, yeah. it becomes a lot and you're like, is this person okay? Yeah. Like, and she's <laughs> and she is the one who does a lot of. I mean, the outrageous, the outrageous, real. like punching down and like there. What you're right. There was a lot of punching down at black men in the the first season. I mean, and then the next season it was just like, okay, well, it's like there's only one kind of black person that they can portray that they think is funny, and it's not working. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I never noticed that. It's a thing that she's, that's kind of an insecurity, right? Or is that just uh It seems very like it's, there's a lot of value to not being on the screen and sharing. And like, you know, I think Easter Ray, another great example, but I mean, like, you know, having a whole episode maybe where you aren't even in it, like that, you know, Donald Glover does this as well. I mean, I really think that that shows you more of a, as a creator too. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just also sharing, you know, I think sharing that. And people want, yeah, she's I, never a bit part either. She's always the main yes. character exactly. in every sketch. Yeah. And it's also interesting because I think that like Gabrielle Dennis and Quinta Bronson did a really good, did a better job with the, they were amazing actresses and very funny. And I think that they're from more of a working class background. So when they would do these characters, it didn't seem as offensive. They still found a reality to ground it in. Whereas mm -hmm. Robin Thede is doing an idea of what, what she thinks a black person is like in this way. And so, <laughs> yeah, her audience. Wow. This is like, I'm like, but her audience understands black people from that perspective right. yeah. too. So they laugh at it. And I mean, I'll just, I'll just say this. I listened to this podcast called bitch sesh about, um, about real housewives and stuff. And it's got, um, Casey Wilson, who was on happy Endings, happy endings. Right. And then this other lady who is Danielle and she, they're, they're both like, they're both like, he's one of, like they're friends with like Paul Shear. They're very like liberal. They're like, we're doing the right thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, getting people to vote and, you know, they're just, they're, they're living their best lives, but they're involved in like, they're getting, I feel like they're getting more jobs now because they took this liberal approach, but they love that show. And they're like, I die laughing and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I think they missed the mark then. These two white ladies like love this they love show. They love it too they're much. Not yeah. It's like, it's yeah, they love it too much and they're not revolutionary. Right. So they feel right. too good about themselves. And like, there's a lot of black pain. So it should like provoke a quality of thought in them that it's not provoking. Instead, they're laughing at you, making fun of Hotep guys and like poor black dudes. Right. right. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I, it's, it's such a, I mean, it just shows where your allegiances lie, I guess, because it's like, what a missed opportunity when you know, somebody was saying in the chat, like, it's like a handout from HBO, which like, yeah, absolutely. Take, you could have gone take, wild. Take go it wild. and run, you know, Shoot. like, one just season. like, this is just like what happened with AOC. She said she was going to go in there, burn it down for who cares if I only get to do it for one year. I don't care. You know, yeah. Robin Thede said, I'm getting more She's, seasons. Yeah, I'm going to these Emmy parties. Mm -hmm. I've worked my way here and I will be here. <laughs> that was that's, that, that's actually a good analogy. Because a lot of black, and you saw, you probably saw it in Washington, D.C. A lot of black people get to D.C. and then they start thinking, ooh, I like this banquet. I like this fundraiser. I like, ooh, I got nice. And all I have to do is just dial it down a little bit and I get to keep coming. All oh, yeah. I have to do, and that's, a, that's the same thing with Hollywood. All I have to do is make these white liberals, these white Democrats feel a little bit good at themselves. I can do everything except talk bad about you know, white Democrats and I, and I, and I get the biscuits coming <laughs> and I keep getting the fancy invites and everybody loves me. And all I have to do is just not take out white liberals. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, pat them on the back. Yeah. You can talk about it amongst yourselves, but you can't talk about it on TV and like, uh, or, or out in public. And those times are just over. Like we don't have enough time to wait for white people to become comfortable with this and that. Like we just don't have time for it. So we don't, we don't have time for it. We, we, yeah. we don't have time for it. And yeah, we got to take the fight public and people don't understand. See, you and I have been around the whites uh, for most of our lives. So we know this, it's a skill talking oh. and dealing. It's a skill. It's not something you can just kind of wake up one day and do. It takes like years of preparation to understand what's going on and like where the insecurities lie and all it's fighting white people is a skill securing justice and so the question is when you get that skill how do you want to actually do it or do you just want to kind of actually like just kind of 
go and 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 get your paycheck because you have a skill now, right? Mm. So and and I tell people the problem in America isn't really being black because you can be a black individual and be fine because all you have to do is suck up the white butt and keep them comfortable. That's a skill, but it takes a while. The problem is actually caring about black people. If you actually yeah. want to see black people as like communities, whole zip codes do well, that is dangerous. And that is like, that's going to cost you jobs. And that's going to make people nervous. Yeah. Because like, as a black, you know, as a, as a single black woman, or even two fine sisters like yourself, you could like, you could make it as long as you are, are good to like punch down at black people. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. were cool, like taking out poor black guys and saying and talking about your nephew, like, well, it's his problem that he should have just uh, yeah. should have just done what he was supposed to do. And and like, that's why he's you know happy working at a gas station. That's his problem. You should have pulled up. his pen. If you wanted to do that, there's a lot of jobs in there for you. Mm-hmm, if you're right. willing to like just like punch at black people. Yeah, um, yeah. totally. But if you want to actually uplift whole communities and zip codes, mm-hmm. that is a. It's story. it's so tricky because too I I don't I feel like part of it too is just um, we have to acknowledge how tired we are as black people. So like this work is like exhausting, I guess, and it's like you just have to know that going. It's like I, you just kind of have to know that going into it. Like, well, you know, it's going to be a long. It's gonna be a long, hard slog, and like you're not gonna necessarily reap any benefits. Like, I mean, I think for us, it maybe benefited us that we were really big into church when we were kids because, like, I almost feel like this is like our volunteer. Okay. You know what it's I mean? Like, like a this public is what we did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, we're, yeah, we're also organizing like a camp, like trying to get some lefties camping over here on the East Coast it, because these are the things that need to be happening. We have to get offline. We have to meet each other. We don't know what mm. skills we could be sharing. We don't know like what ideas somebody else has, but they might need these other things. And we just don't have the amount of trust that the right does. You know, the right gets together, they have fun, they'll, you know, do whatever. And mm. we're just kind of like, um, what unions go into that? Or I don't know, is that a sanctioned event? And it's like, no, we're just <laughs> getting together, let's talk about some ideas. Damn. Right. Like people <laughs> Like, by the way, how do people get you some? How do people get you some cash? Because this is an America. America things cost, and we want you doing these camps. How do people get you get you some money? It would be amazing if you guys could uh, donate. Um, we've got a Give Butter page. If you just look up um, Camp Dada on Twitter, um, you'll go to our our Twitter account, and there's a link there. We've got a wish list for tents. We've got a wish list for we need like fire bowls and sleeping bags because we're trying to also take. A lot of people who haven't gone camping, people who live in the city, um, some of our black comrades and stuff. So it, it's, I think it's going to be really cool and a lot, a big diversity of people coming too. But we do need money because we're going to the Hamptons and they've made price yes. barriers to camp there. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> so yeah, I support this. Give them some. Give them some. Let them do a thing. It takes money in America to do a thing. They're trying to do a thing. Let them do a thing. It's called Camp Dada. Check it out. We're going to have, um, we're, you know, we're trying to work on our little social media campaign and just, uh, I mean, we would love to get an infusion of funding from some like larger channeled white leftist who maybe, you know, would like to help out some young black people, right. but you know, there are a lot of larger white channels that talk a lot about action and direct action and getting in the streets. And then, you know, uh, we might have some emails coming your way. <laughs> we need help. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I just think like we got we've we've got to start getting together, especially just as things are crumbling. Like I think and people being in in isolation, you know, uh, somewhat for the past you know two years, we just you know need to get together. It's time to do it. We don't have time to wait. Mm -hmm. Look, like I said, I'm gonna end it here, and I'll tell you right now if. You're serious about a black left nationwide. These are the people you need to find out and just give money to. You, you need to find out the bank system. They will be good stewards of your cash. Just don't ask questions. They'll put it to good use. But this is the kind of way you need to see honest faces. Look at them. Who could I, I will, who would not trust them with just $10,000 with a check made out the cash? Yeah. I would trust. <laughs> what could go wrong? It's going to so, go to a good place, definitely. So, but really, if you're serious about a left in the United States, it's got and it's got to include the South. It's gonna have to be black led because we don't trust anybody else because everybody else is gonna be scared when things get down. The best thing you could in banks we trust. Yes, this is the one bank you can trust. The bank <laughs> systems. Um, so like this is the kind of moves we need to make. Flood them with money, and see what happens. Cause the worst comes to happen. Worst thing that happens is they take a bunch of black people camping and talking about left ideas. And like, that's like, that itself is worth all of the money that you put like in the last campaign cycle, right? So we need to start talking about institutions, building institutions, and we need to start talking about flooding the right people with money. And I think these two are the right people. So flood them with money. And they like you need to build institutions in the South, yeah. like in a well-ordered world. They have a studio. They and I bet it would be pretty fitted too. So like if they had a little studio, they and in a well-ordered world, actually, next year not only do they have a camp that that takes out, they have a studio, and and Courtney's training them to be actors, and they're like sitting around like coming up with skits on their own and learning and hiring someone to teach like productive things these this is not this could happen if you gave them money think yeah. big yeah. and we are already planning you know uh, things with the west coast we work with revolutionary blackout network some of them are helping us organize as well mm -hmm. and a lot of people who wanted to come to the hamptons event which we're doing there because we just didn't want to bother just the everyday working people in dc and we're always there um you know there are things in the hamptons where it's like a public beach but you know, there's a lot, lot of private homes there and they just don't expect to see regular people there. Honestly, they think they have it all to themselves. So even if we're just there enjoying the beach and taking up space, it, it's gonna be uncomfortable for them. So that's why, that's the thought process behind that. But we want to do this and replicate it. Um, you know, cause we, I mean, we've been meeting every week. We got a great um, committee that we've been working out with for probably about three months. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've got people who have done March for Medicare for All who are supporting us, um, people who are anarchists, uh, people who are in socialist alternative. You know, we've got, we're really just trying to build a good diverse base because there's so much energy there. And so, yes, a camp in the South, that's a goal. Yes. Like all of, we've got to just, hit this ground. So if you gave us money, yeah. we could, we could do the camps now. I right. Mean, exactly. Cause part of it, it's like, like we, mean, we're not lacking the, we're not lacking the, uh, the will or whatever and the, the quality to do it. But you know, we really want to make the first one. It's like, you know, people go off of celebrities. So if the first one sucks then everyone's going to be like, Oh, see, couldn't do it. Didn't do you it. Know? Don't so, even try again. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're just trying to get a little bit of money so we can make it as good as possible. Then yeah. on to the next 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. This is the exact kind of thing. And this, this is what you can build off of. This is these are yeah. this is the kind of programs you can build off. And if you you need the grassroots movement with grassroots institutions, if you want to change the culture, and it has yeah. to be so like, these are the groups, these are the kinds of people you need to be funding and throwing money at not asking questions. And then whatever they produce will be an improvement. And then you build upon that and you build upon that. And this is how you get a black life. Because right now, the only money comes from company Democrats. And their indoctrination camps are not the same. You end up with like Bakari Sellers and, and cats like that. And um, yeah, you, you, I mean, because you know what? IPAC, they're throwing money at black groups to go take them to Israel and make them little black Zionists and have them come back. So yeah, after like you have to, you need a, you need a counterbalance, right? right. If you're serious about like, uplifting the zip code. All right. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Wow. Thank you so much. This has been a dream. I've watched you for several years. I can't <laughs> believe that this happened. I was very nervous. And she really wanted to talk about Black Lady Sketch Shows. Oh, this was great. This is so exciting <laughs> to me. Thank you. I appreciate your perspective, your point of view. You do it great. Um, you guys can find us, The Bank Sisters, on YouTube. We're also on Rockfin. Um, what else uh, we'll be doing a live stream to promote the camp on June 8th uh, at 7 p.m. on Revolutionary Blackout Network. Um, and so follow up. I'm on uh, Twitter at Courtney Banks. I say a lot of reckless stuff. Keisha's sometimes on there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mine is uh, at one of these Keisha's. Um, I don't tweet as much, but we'll see. And if um, you want to know more about us, we just did a really cool video with our work history experience mm -hmm. because we think it's really important to know, like, people are talking to you about workers' rights and, and all of these things, like, hey, maybe you should know what our job history is. So we're in Hooters uniforms. That's that's where it starts. <laughs> and um, you can hear all about that. But we, we make a lot of really fun content and we try to have really engaging um, discussions. So we do that every, uh, we have live streams every Monday over on our channel at noon. Mm -hmm. And just check out Bank Sisters. Yeah. Thanks for having us here. Thank you so, so much. Cool. <laughs> Sweet, thanks. All right, so those were the Bank Sisters. I thought they was wonderful. I'm going to try to find more people like them, and I want you to fund them. They are, uh, this is what the revolution sounds like. In a well-ordered world, those are the people we're plowing with money, and they're creating the quality of culture that will make us whole, because they're not scared of the whites. And they believe in empowering Black people, right? And they know what that looks like, and we need that kind of culture, and we need that kind of courage um and we need that supported because we don't want them taken out right so we need to support them any way we can and thank you guys for seeing me i'm going to have a show on thursday it's going to be on the the senate race between Herschel walker and Raphael warnock and i, I think it's going to be pretty funny because like I, those are two problematic negroes but thank you for your time and i will see you on thursday peace